Witness Docs from Stitcher. Previously on All American. Back in 01, in Indian Wells, in Coachella Valley, weren't that many people that looked like Venus and Serena and Richard Williams in the crowd. And the crowd, an American crowd, booing an American family. And you have to say that it does smack of a little bit of racism. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hey, Cecil. Hey, Jordan. So today's episode is all about Althea Gibson, the greatest tennis player that most people probably have never heard of. And she was the first Black player to ever compete in a Grand Slam event. And I know you are a huge fan of Althea's, and so is Serena. And you actually had a chance to talk with Serena about Althea Gibson, right? That's right. At the 2006 U.S. Open, I was working on my first tennis book, Charging the Net, A History of Blacks in Tennis, from Althea Gibson and Arthur Ashe to the Williams sisters. And I found out that Serena and Venus were huge fans of Althea Gibson. And there was even talk at the time that Serena was interested in playing Althea Gibson in a movie. Right. The New York Times had come out with an article that said that Serena wanted to make an Althea biopic. And that Althea was Serena's idol? Yeah, Serena was doing quite a bit of acting at that time, sitcoms, uh, dramatic series. And she was interested in portraying Althea Gibson. So I asked her about that after her match in the interview room. And that's when she gave me the quote that she would like to do anything to let people know about Althea and what a tremendous person she was. Definitely. And I asked her how she knew about Althea. And she did mention that her parents told her and Venus about Althea and how important she is in tennis history and how Serena and Venus are not the first. They're part of a legacy that really began in major tennis with Althea Gibson. Althea Gibson was breaking ground in tennis well before Venus and Serena did in the 90s, and even before Arthur Ashe in the 60s and 70s. But today, Althea has been largely forgotten. Even concerted efforts to honor her legacy have barely broken through. 
There it is. Right there. <laughs> so there's just it just says Althea Gibson. Yeah. It's pretty cool though. And when I yeah, it, it's very well done. The sculptor did a fine job. It's late summer of 2021, and my production team and I are in Queens outside of Arthur Ashe Stadium during the U.S. Open. We're standing around a huge bronze sculpture of Althea Gibson's head. As wonderful a job as the sculptor did, because it really looks like Althea Gibson, it still does not pay tribute to her because it's a bust of Althea, the name Althea Gibson, and a quote, I hope that I have accomplished just one thing, that I have been a credit to tennis and my country. But if you don't already know who Althea Gibson was, this doesn't tell you. There's nothing. nothing. It doesn't tell me anything about who Althea Gibson. Althea Gibson, 1927 to 2003. How hard is that? It's not here. Althea Gibson's basic statistics. She won the French Open in singles. She won the U.S. Nationals in 1957 and 1958. She won Wimbledon in 1957 and 1958. She won 11 Grand Slam titles in all. Five in singles, six in doubles. I'm doing this off the top of my head. They have room to put this here, to provide some historical context, but they failed. If you knew about the life, career, and legacy of Althea Gibson, you might also be upset by the lack of information on this statue. Before Althea, American tennis's governing body excluded blacks from competing in its tournaments. But in 1950, Althea broke that color barrier. Althea was also the first black person to ever win a Grand Slam event. Her career rivals that of Jackie Robinson's. But not many people know much about her. So today, we're going to tell you about Althea's life how she moved tennis forward in so many ways, but received little in return, and how to this day, she largely hasn't received her due. This is All American, Venus and Serena, Episode 5, Althea. I am sitting opposite a woman of unique talent and reputation, the famous Althea Gibson. And she started her tennis in a most unique way. It wasn't even tennis, was it, Althea Gibson? No, it wasn't. Uh, It was paddle tennis. In 1979, Althea Gibson sat down with Bud Lesser for an interview for the International Tennis Hall of Fame. Althea was in her early 50s here and long retired from tennis but her early memories of first learning the sport were vivid. During the summers in the 1930s and 40s, Althea and the other children in her Harlem neighborhood would participate in the Police Athletic League. The program blocked off the streets and allowed the children to just play. So this friend of mine, who I call in those days uh, my boon coon because we, you know, we played tennis together, we played uh, basketball, all kinds of activities together. And we started hitting the ball back and forth and uh, got good to us. So we would uh, anticipate every summer morning be the first on the tennis, on the paddle tennis court, practicing, hitting balls, enjoying it. And uh, as a matter of fact, it got to a point where we owned the paddle tennis court. Nobody could get on the court but us. 
And so we developed a game called uh, Loser Sweepers. In other words, the loser would have to get up, get off the court, and then uh, someone would take his place. And whoever wins, stay on the court as long as they want to. And you stayed all day. And I stayed all day. <laughs> a man named Buddy Walker, who was working as a supervisor in the play street, took notice of Althea's game. He gave her her first tennis racket. And after hitting balls off the wall for some time and uh, practicing how to keep your eye on the ball, he later introduced me to a member of the Cosmopolitan Tennis Club. And in those days, the Cosmopolitan Tennis Club was the elite black tennis club in New York City. Members of the club were intrigued by Althea. Her talent was hard to miss. And so after seeing me hit some balls at the Cosmopolitan, I I suppose I must have been about uh, 15, 16, something like that, they made me an honorary girl member of the club. In other words, they took me as one of theirs. And the very first year, they entered me in the New York State Championship under the auspices of the ATA. The ATA is the American Tennis Association, ATA for short. It was founded in 1916 by black achievers in business and other professions. At the time, tennis in America was governed by the United States Lawn Tennis Association, or the USLTA. It excluded black tennis players from competing in tournaments. In fact, this is the same tennis organization as the contemporary USTA. They just changed their name in the 1970s. So like Althea and many members of the Cosmopolitan Club, if you were black and you wanted to play tennis at the highest level, you joined the ATA. The first year Althea competed in the ATA championship, she was entered in girls' singles, and she played the tournament's reigning champion. I beat her, and that started uh, my rise Uh, in ATA tennis. And from then, uh, when I became of age to get in the women's division, uh, I retained, I won the championship in 1947 as the women's ATA national singles champion. And I held that championship for 10 consecutive years. It's hard to overstate how dominant Althea Gibson became at tennis. She was just 15 when she won her first junior championship. And as she mentioned, later in women's singles, she won the ATA championship 10 years in a row. Plus, she won it in mixed doubles seven times. It was becoming clear that she had outgrown the ATA she was more than ready to prove herself on tennis's biggest stages. In her late teens and early 20s, she had a dedicated ATA coach in Dr. Robert Walter Johnson. He wanted to see Althea take her game to USLTA run events, even though at the time, they didn't let black players participate in their events. So he lobbied the USLTA for years to allow her to play, but they would not permit her to compete. And this, of course, was all 
color discrimination. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I, I, I don't know uh, at that time what the reasons. Uh, maybe they thought that I wasn't good enough. The USLTA wouldn't budge until someone with stature in American tennis decided to speak up. Uh, Alice Marble wrote an open letter to me. And, of course, it was, copies were sent to officials of the USLTA, ATA, and the press. And she was appalled at uh, the fact that I had to go through so much of this rigmarole to, just to permit me to play in USLTA events. Alice Marble was a white player who dominated major tennis in the 1940s. Marble had never met Althea Gibson, but she had been hearing about Althea's incredible game and she thought Althea should have a chance to compete. So in July of 1950, Alice Marble published an open letter to Althea in the tennis publication at the time, the American Lawn Tennis Magazine. She wrote, quote, If tennis is a game for ladies and gentlemen, it's also time we acted a little more like gentle people and less like sanctimonious hypocrites. If Althea Gibson represents a challenge to the present crop of women players, it's only fair that they should meet that challenge on the courts. Around this time in America, Major League Baseball, basketball, and even football had been integrated. Tennis was holding out. But just one month after that letter was published, Althea was permitted to play in a USLTA event. At 23 years old, Althea Gibson had broken the 69-year color barrier in major tennis. But Althea didn't dominate major tennis right away. She needed some time for her game to grow. And the racist culture of the sport only made things a lot harder for her. At some venues, Althea was forced to change in a car because she wasn't allowed in the locker room. She often had to eat alone at tournaments. Plus, she was still barred from some USLTA tennis events. The Longwood Cricket Club in Boston, which held the annual doubles event for major tennis, would not extend her an invitation because she was black. This went on for seven years. Despite the obstacles, Althea had an impressive ranking. In 1952 and 1953, she was in the top 10 in the world. But it wasn't until Althea got a highly unusual opportunity from the U.S. government that her career really took off. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? 
Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. In 1955, Althea and several other athletes and celebrities were sent on an overseas tour funded by the U.S. government. America's goal in all of this? To improve its image abroad on a number of fronts. So I was approached by officials uh, from the State Department and the USLTA to go on a goodwill State Department tour throughout Southeast Asia. For some context, 14-year-old Emmett Till had just been brutally murdered, and it was an international story. Having a black woman on board working with three prominent white tennis players put a positive spin on race relations in the U.S. During the tour, Althea and the other tennis stars played exhibitions. They gave tennis demonstrations, and they attended social affairs. Every single tournament that they held during our uh, stay in Southeast Asia, I won every single one of them. And it was from this experience that I believe that my tennis rise had begun. Uh, championship form was beginning. And during that time, from the time I went to Southeast Asia and throughout Europe after that tour, up to the French Championship in 1956, I had won over 17 straight tournaments in a row. As Althea mentioned, she won the 1956 French Championship. That was a major title, her first. This made her the first black person ever to win a major tennis event. But the tennis tournaments that made headlines in America at the time were the U.S. Nationals and Wimbledon. So even though she had won a major tournament, to most tennis fans, Althea still hadn't broken through, yet. Once a year, the world's best tennis players come to Wimbledon for the All England Championship, the unofficial equivalent of the World Championship. Favored to win the women's singles in 1957 is Althea Gibson from New York, USA. This is the documentary from 1957, which was made by the U.S. government. The black and white footage shows fans swarming the grounds of Wimbledon, and you can see players in their tennis whites competing on the grass tennis courts at the All England Lawn Tennis Club. Spectators line the stands for the match. The film shows Althea making her way through the tournament, all the way to the final. The great test is still to come. Queen Elizabeth of England is among the spectators at the final. Queen Elizabeth, yes, the same one still in power as of this recording, was a rare sight. She isn't much of a tennis fan. This was only one of the four times she has ever been to Wimbledon during her nearly 100 years on Earth. Here, Althea Gibson faces Darlene Hard, a fellow American from California. Even Miss Hard applauds. 
Althea defeated her opponent Darlene Hard in the first set. When they started the second set, it became clear Althea had command over this one too. Match point. And it's all over, 6-3, 6-2. Darlene is a good loser. Queen Elizabeth walks onto the center court to present the trophy. This is Althea Gibson's reward for many years of effort. It's a moment crowded with memories. Althea Gibson accepted the trophy from the Queen. Apparently, the Queen remarked to Althea about how hot it must have been on court. Winning Wimbledon, tennis's most prestigious tournament, meant that 29-year-old Althea Gibson was suddenly world-famous. When it was time for her to return to New York City, she was welcomed back with open arms. It's a ticker tape parade for Althea Gibson, America's new world tennis queen and the first of her race ever to win the coveted crown at Wimbledon. In this 1957 footage from Universal Studios, Althea is sitting in the back of a car as it drives up Broadway in Manhattan. Althea smiles and waves to the crowd lining the streets. Confetti falls from the sky. 100,000 cheer the 29-year-old New York girl on her return from England, where victory culminated seven years of tennis endeavor, which began on the streets and schoolyards of Harlem. Officially congratulated by Mayor Wagner, Miss Gibson modestly tells her well-wishers that victory was achieved with their hope and encouragement. And while her city was celebrating her, Althea still had yet to win a major title at home. But the U.S. Nationals, which today we call the U.S. Open, was just around the corner. And it's now point-set match tournament again. Ms. Gibson has the advantage as Louise Brough trails here in the second set, the best two out of three set match. This recording is from a vinyl record called The Thrill of Sports. It has the play-by-play of the 1957 U.S. Nationals final. The record captures the moment Althea stepped on court for her final match. She already won the first set and was leading in the second. We are now perhaps one service away from this historic moment which will see Althea Gibson become the first Negro tennis champion of the United States. On match point, Althea's opponent hit the ball into the net. There it is, the new national champion Althea Gibson, the national champion of the United States as she defeats Louise Brock by scores of 6-3 and 6-2. As the announcer said, Althea Gibson was the new national champion of the United States. In her moment of victory, Althea shook hands with then-Vice President Nixon and accepted her trophy. First, I would like to compliment my worthy opponent, Miss Louise Bruff, for her excellent play and fine sportsmanship. As a youngster playing paddle tennis, little did I dream of a thrill such as this. I want to thank God for all of you, for at this moment, more than ever, I realize that without the united help of all of you, this victory would not have been accomplished. I shall endeavor to wear this title with dignity and humility. 
This victory also made Althea the number one ranked tennis player in the world. And the next year, in 1958, she went on to win both Wimbledon and the U.S. Nationals again. Althea was decorated. She had five major titles in singles, five major titles in doubles, and another title in mixed doubles. Less than a decade earlier, she wasn't even allowed to play major tennis. But now Althea was the best in the game. And that's why her next move was shocking. In 1958, when she was playing better than ever, Althea Gibson abruptly retired from tennis. The reason behind Althea's sudden exit from the sport came down to one thing, money. The sport of tennis wouldn't adopt a professional model until 1968. So if you were playing major tennis before then, like Althea, you were not paid for your work. I spoke with someone who knew Althea well to see if I could get some insight into her struggles. And she will tell me all the stuff she had to go to just become a tennis player. Lenny Simpson is a former professional tennis player. He's in his 70s now. When we spoke, Lenny mentioned he had recently had a stroke that was still affecting his speech. I wanted to talk with Lenny because he was very close with Althea. The two met when Lenny was just five years old. They were next-door neighbors. Lenny, did she ever share with you, I'd say, the, the disappointment she must have felt having to retire from tennis in 1958 because it was an amateur sport and she wasn't making any money, even though she was the best in the world? All the time. All the time. I'll be very frank with you. She never thought she ever got her due in this game from your USTA and other person of power in the game. She never felt that she was treated the right way for all that she had accomplished without make a ton of money. And she regretted it. I can't give you anything but love, baby. That's the only thing I've plenty of, baby. That's Althea singing a song called I Can't Give You Anything But Love. It's from a jazz album called Althea Gibson Sings, from 1959. Althea's talent outside of tennis was exceptional, and this record was just one of many attempts to make money after her retirement from the sport. In addition to singing, Althea acted. She had a small part in a 1959 John Wayne film. She toured with the Harlem Globetrotters, playing tennis exhibitions before the games. She was once even a guest on the popular CBS show, What's My Line? Have you been to England within the last few weeks? Yes. Mr. Sanders? Are you an American? Yes. Miss Francis? Well, are you our, practically our best tennis player? Miss Althea Gibson? Yes. 
Like the Williams sisters, Althea's extraordinary talent went beyond the sport of tennis. But the difference between Venus and Serena's pursuits outside of the sport and Althea's was that Althea needed to do these things to try to earn a living. Althea even pursued a career in another sport for a time. When she was a student at Florida A&M University, she played both tennis and golf. And unlike tennis, Althea could play golf professionally. So after she hung up her tennis racket, Althea turned to golf. I had to make a living. I had to earn the money to, you know, to live. I then decided that I would give professional golf a fling. It was then that I decided to play professional golf because professional golf for the women at the time was coming and were playing for, you know, purses, but the purses were very, very small. But a little better than tennis. Uh, Well, much better than tennis at the time because during my reign, it was strictly Mm. amateur. You should know that before Althea, there were no black female professional golfers. Althea also broke the color barrier in women's golf in 1963, and she played on the LPGA Tour for nearly 15 years. So that's how I got into uh, pro golf. But I would like to uh, say that uh, tennis has uh, uh, afforded me uh, great opportunities to travel around the world. I've been around the world twice, and I've uh, met so many wonderful people, uh, seeing how other people in the world lived. And, of course, I could never forget meeting the Queen of England in 57 when I won the championship. Althea had a lot of incredible experiences, even fame. But she still couldn't make ends meet. Althea's longtime friend, Lenny Simpson, says these experiences left her with a lot of pain. I could see in her as I talked to her later on in my life how much that hurts her so badly in life. And you know as well as I do, and every person that knows about not only black history, but see, this is a much farther past black history. This is all around the world history that she made. And going through all of that, she never really felt good about that. She said, well, I've run out of money and I can't stand it any longer. So I decided to kill myself. She said those words. Yes, I'm phoning to say goodbye. In 1995, when Althea was 68 years old, she called up her former doubles partner, Angela Buxton, to say goodbye. Angela and Althea became close when they first met in the 1950s. Angela was Jewish and was considered an outsider, like Althea. She recounted her memories for CBS in 2019. Did the British girls invite me to join them for a meal? Not once. Experiencing similar indignities created a bond. I was very, very friendly with her. As a team, Althea and Angela won the French Nationals and Wimbledon together. 
Decades later, after getting that alarming goodbye call from Althea, Angela sprung into action. She reached out to the tennis community for support and raised more than a million dollars for Althea. I just don't know if her for, for her doubles partner and everything she did for her later on in life that she wouldn't maybe have taken her life. I hate to say that, but maybe so. Althea went on to live several more years. She died in 2003 in East Orange, New Jersey. She was 76. When I asked Lenny about his favorite memory of Althea, he recalled an encounter from 1964 when he was 15. He had just qualified for the U.S. Junior Nationals for the first time. I remember talking to her in the sands, watching matches, and she said to me, I told you this was going to happen to you, and I'm so glad I got to see this happen to you. Althea met Lenny when he was just a boy. She befriended him, taught him about tennis, about what he would face as a black tennis player. And finally, he was competing at the highest level he could. Althea told Lenny she was so, so proud of him. And I will never forget those words from her, but cause those were the most precious thing she could have ever said to me. And you know, we have taught to you all through your life what you are going to have to do and continue to do. And you have made it. Here you are in the U.S. Open. So I will never, ever forget that. Lenny Simpson has dedicated his life to teaching young people to play tennis, just like Althea did for him. He runs a tennis program for at-risk youth called One Love Tennis and Education. It's located in Wilmington, North Carolina, the same place he and Althea first met. You first met Althea Gibson in the 90s at the U.S. Open? That's right, the early 90s. I was covering the U.S. Open for Gannett, and there was a champion section at the old Louis Armstrong Stadium, which was the main court at the time. Arthur Ashe Stadium had not yet been built. And there was a section for previous U.S. champions to sit and watch the matches. And I noticed Althea Gibson sitting next to Virginia Wade watching a match. That was more important to me than the actual match. I don't even remember who was playing, but I saw Althea Gibson. <laughs> and you were a, a young reporter at the time, so you yes. just you had access to some of these areas. So yeah. what happened? You walked up to her? or Well, I went down from the press box to that section. So during a changeover, I went down and I said, um, um, Ms. Gibson, I'm a reporter from Gannett Newspapers, and I would love to interview you for a story because it... It really bothers me that not enough people know about you and your great accomplishments. And she said, well, young man, I'm 
how much are you paying for the story? And I said, oh, we're not allowed to, to pay for stories, but a lot of my stories get picked up by USA Today, so it could get some national exposure for you and more people will know about your great career and all your great accomplishments. And she said, well, I, I'm not going to grant you an interview because um, I'm not giving anything else away. Reflecting on my first and only encounter with Althea, I felt this was her polite way of telling me that she gave away so much and didn't get much in return. And it's hard to imagine that if Althea had been a man, she would have had as hard a time making a living. When both Arthur Ashe and Jackie Robinson retired from their sports, they were taken care of. They both had very good jobs waiting for them when they retired. But perhaps Althea said it best in her two autobiographies. She talked about how she stayed at the finest hotels, she met heads of state, and dined in the finest restaurants. She wrote, quote, I am much richer in my knowledge and experience, but I have no money. And years later, when tennis finally paid its athletes for their work, there was a massive gap between what men and women were paid. And closing that gap for female athletes took decades. Um, is my right honourable friend aware that 30 years on from the introduction of the Equal Pay Act by a Labour government, the winner of the women's singles at Wimbledon will receive £30,000 less in prize money than the winner of the men's singles? That's next time on All-American. All-American is a production of Witness Docs from Stitcher. This episode was written and reported by Albert Chen and Jordan Bell. Our mix engineer is Casey Holford, who also composed our original music. Our senior producer is Jordan Bell. Our story editor is Gianna Palmer. Our executive producer is Camille Stanley. Extra production support from Nora Ritchie, Gwenny Govea, and Manolo Morales. Fact-checking by Kelvin C. Bias. Legal support from Sidney Freeman and Thomas Burke at Davis Wright Tremaine. I'm your host, Cecil Harris. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.